Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you as we do every Sunday morning from 9 to 11. Talking all the Southern Indiana market. We bring to you a angle on sports that is not slanted specifically by the local sports scene. We like to talk about the national sports stories that are out there in the world. Uh, this past week, storylines that are intriguing would obviously be the Olympics. We have the first week of the NFL preseason to review, see if there's anything of significance to take away from that. Also, there's always many other storylines across the NFL that we can get into. I'm joined in studio this morning by my man Steve Driver. How you doing this morning, Steve? USA. USA. <laughs> you been watching? I've watched it a little bit. Not not as much as I'd really like. Yeah, I've been in every night, man. What's your What's your takeaway? Couple away? hours, couple hours a night, prime what? time. Compared to how excited you were for the Olympics, I wasn't excited before at all. You didn't seem like you were. No, now that it's on, I'm there, man. Now you're chanting USA into the microphone, almost like you've been drinking this. Morning. We're We're dominating. Okay, crushing, crushing the competition. Tell me about it. Obviously, Michael Phelps. We got Simone, the the gymnast. We got oh, the, yeah. the female Katie Ledecky, the female swimmer. What what else are we dominant? What are we doing well, that's so dominant? I think the total medal count right now is USA. I haven't checked recently. It was either it, maybe around sixty. I'll bring it up. The next closest was forty one. I could be wrong on that sixty. It might be like eighty. How Who knows? Is- but we've been just uh, swimming. 60 to 41. 60 United to States 60, China 41, Great Britain 30, Germany 16. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. It's it, just, and then Japan has 24, so they're doing golds. But it's, yeah. it's odd the, the sense of pride you get when there's an Olympic swimmer going against a Russian swimmer, you know, and you're just, yeah. You just get really into it. I don't know how to explain it. Do you chant USA at home with your wife? No, I have not. Do you guys say things to each other like, our country's so much better than everyone else's? Yes, we do that. That's good. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. We are a basketball market in large part. Uh, basketball is part of the Summer Olympics. USA basketball team led by, I guess you got to say Carmelo Anthony, Yeah, has struggled a couple times recently. Tell me about that, Steve. What? We, we, was it Serbia and Australia took us yes, to the wire? The, yeah, the team has Serbia and Australia. But they, they have some good pro players, Australia in particular. A lot of guys that you might know. Andrew Bogut, Patty Mills. Patty Mills. Yes. Those three guys, though. Another are, big are, man. Do they? Yeah. So they're, they're deep, and they know how to play fundamental, good fundamental ball. But we, these games shouldn't be that close. We have Durant. Yeah, he hasn't been playing well at all. Out of any, out of everybody, you say Carmelo and Kyrie are probably the guys that are getting you buckets. From what I've seen, now they, they do play again today at one fifteen. They play uh, France. I'll probably try to watch that. Hopefully, we can uh, get back on track. Kind of interesting how Carmelo is the leader of the team. Don't it, you? Don't you think? It's not necessarily new. Coach K has sung his praises for a long time. Why is that? Why does this just happen in international basketball? There was a story Olympic out this, basketball. this past week where Carmelo, during an interview, 
very nonchalantly said, well, I've had a great NBA career. Stephen A. Smith did not take well to that. Is that an exaggeration saying he's had a great career? I think he's led the NBA in scoring at least once, maybe twice. Has he had a great NBA career? I don't think so, but I also try not to keep up with things Stephen A. Smith says. Because it's just for ratings? Yeah, absolutely. And then I saw Max Kellerman's on there, too. That's all they're going for. Is ratings? Yeah. Well, obviously. I mean, obviously, but just crazy does. takes on sports. What were, you, what were you gonna say? I like Max Kellerman. I do too, but sometimes he gets a little carried away. With what? What do? What, I'm he, not familiar. All right. Recently, he said LeBron just signed a new three-year, hundred million dollar deal. He said LeBron just got robbed for nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> I guess he thinks he's worth a billion dollars. <laughs> Max said that. Yeah. I mean, maybe to the economy and stuff, but... The, just sensationalism, know. just yeah. really playing it out. He got robbed for $900 million? Yeah, he compared... Why not he, say... He not- compared Conley's contract to him. I, I get that, but, you know, you can't pay these guys that much. If yep. Conley is making what he's making, then you're right. I think There's his, some justification to that. Yeah. Conley's never made an all-star game. I think he's basically saying the system was broken, which... You know, probably what, agree with. Was broken? Is broken. Is broken. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But back to, back Car- to- Carmelo. Okay. Why can't he do the same thing with the Knicks? Not surrounded by greatness. Does that say something about him? Does that Iverson, for example, won many all-star game MVPs. That means when the competition... Uh, was out there, the, the, the cream of the crop, as far as talent, was on the court. Iverson rose to the occasion. I think he won three All-Star Game MVPs. Yeah, I don't know how much merit I put into that. Uh, uh, leading your country to gold medals, a different deal. Oh, he had a, Iverson had a chance, too. He didn't do that. Wow. He failed. I'm Part of that was probably Larry Brown as the head coach. So Who, what you're referring to, for a little perspective for our listeners, is... One time in recent memory. 2000. Okay. Clearly it's etched into Steve no, Drivers. No, no. I, I, it should be. Yeah. We invented basketball. Clearly the best basketball players in the world come from the United States. Yeah. We lost one time. And it's not, we didn't even get second place. Yeah, we, we were not good. Was that the year 2000? We got bronze. So ever since then, they buckled down. They said, Larry Brown, get out of here. Yeah, he had LeBron, D-Wade, and Melo just sitting on the bench. <laughs> what? Is that what it was? They were really young. They were, I'm, okay. Instead, he had Iverson running running the show. I don't know who all else was Clearly, on Clearly, that at that time, he was Iverson's coach for the Sixers. Yeah. So, I'll bring up that roster. That's interesting to me because, because we're the best basketball team in the world. Best basketball country in the world, I mean. 1992, Barcelona, the dream team will forever be remembered as the best basketball team ever assembled, right? Yep. And that's etched into the, the psyche of, of the basco, American basketball fan, very much so. And losing, that was bad. Since then, Coach Case came in. He's received some criticism, but for the most part, glowing reviews. I think he started, or he didn't start, but he chose, what was it, a Plumley to be on the roster? <laughs> Got some flack for that. But the results, the proof is in the pudding. They've won. Yeah. 
And as a USA basketball fan, I think we all expect that these games shouldn't even be close. Maybe that's not realistic. But should they be close? You just you just touted to me. Well, they have Andrew Bogut and Delo Dova. I'm not trying that, to. No it, shade. It should you. be a ten point game, probably. But coming really? down to a buzzer beater to Serbia, there's no way that should happen. Andrew Bogut's a good physical big man when healthy to have on your team. But USA has Kevin Durant, I agree. DeAndre right, Jordan. Right. I mean, I could go up and down the roster. Kyrie Irving, they have everybody. They, it should not be close. I don't think. No. I mean, I, I guess it's difficult to say when because it is a team sport and you take the ego factor into it. You got to share the ball. Remember when the Lakers put together Carl Malone, Gary Payton? Yeah. All that stuff. All those, a lot of those super teams do not work yep. unless they have a couple years of continuity under their belt. So I guess it's a testament in large part to the value of team basketball, which is cool. And I think that's very appealing as, as a fan of, of traditional basketball. And not, and that is even more confusing as to why Carmelo Anthony shines in this setting. Yeah, I think it comes down to a couple different factors. One, I don't think he's played with the coach that he wants to play with or the coach that brings out the best in him. Over his 13-year career, he hasn't yet. Once he had a, once he had a solid team, George that, Carl and the Nuggets. Who are you talking about? No, when um, yeah, he had he had some decent teams with them, but the Knicks went to the playoffs one year. had a had a very good year. Who was the coach then? They had uh, J.R. Smith there and a couple other. They had a lot of three point guys there, but uh, he hasn't played with the right coach. He hasn't played with great teammates, and he really doesn't care that much. He makes a lot of money. He lives the lifestyle. He goes into a, a nightclub. He's a superstar celebrity, right? Yeah, and people always wonder, well, is he going to opt out in free agency? No, he's making a ton of money living in New York City. He's not going to take less money to go win because he doesn't care. Well, he's pretty old. I think he's like 34. He came in the, year, in the same year as Wade and, and LeBron, didn't he? Yeah, and... Some point in players' careers, I think they, I'm getting kind of old. Let's go win a championship. I don't think he's that type of guy. He's 32. I exaggerated. Am I, am I exaggerating? That he's not that type of guy? Yeah. I don't know. I guess time will tell. He's, he still could make a run at it. I mean, it's cool to see him lead this USA team. Mm-hmm. Be veteran leader. I think I'd just like to see a little more of that in the NBA. So USA basketball is intriguing. Uh, the most recent box score, what was that, against Argentina? No, that was a while ago. I'll, I'll bring up a, a, a recent box score. But some of the guys who are on there are Durant, Carmelo Anthony, DeMarcus Cousins, Clay Thompson, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. I mean, any of these guys is – Harrison Barnes is better than Bogut. Right? Yeah. Overall value probably. Overall value. Yeah. DeMar DeRozan's good. They just got so much talent. And then they got this other team. Um, Carlos Delfino, that's a name. He played for the Pistons. Still, nothing close to our <laughs> roster. <laughs> I know. Andres Nocioni's played for years in the league. Uh, Luis Scola, Ginobili. 
they have talent on Argentina. I'm just looking at a random box score. Uh, but so the, the the basketball is intriguing. But to be honest, it's never really that big of a story because nobody is going to touch the nostalgic perception that we have for that 1992 dream team. Okay. And the only way that they can do any type of a big story is by losing, doing falling short of gold, right? Yeah. Okay. So what is intriguing right now about the Olympics is that the United States is dominating the medal count. 24 yeah. golds compared to number two is China, who has 13. Yeah. Does this feed into the ethnocentric, I think that's the word, ethnocentrism that we have here in this country? We think we're the best economy. We think we're the best... This probably we're the best. Now we're just oh yeah, we're clearly the best athletes too. And I was talking to my brother that if you watch NBC, we really only show the events that we win in. Okay. Swimming. I've seen women's beach volleyball because the USA always wins in that. I haven't seen men's beach volleyball. I've seen female gymnastics. I haven't seen men's gymnastics. So only the things we dominate in. You'll see other stuff running throughout the day, but prime time, 8 to 12, 8 p.m. to 12 is when they show the big events. And I've seen a lot of men and women swimming, which we dominate, female gymnastic. I think that feeds into our, we, we are, yeah, our perception. <laughs> is that healthy? We're, we're way better. Not only do we, are we smarter, clearly smarter. But, oh, yeah, we're definitely the best athletes, too. Is that a good thing? Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We would love to hear from you. We are on a high this morning as it has been clearly determined. Not only is USA the best country, we're hands down the best athletes also. And best looking. <laughs> best looking, too. So now that we've got that out of the way, moving forward, Katie Ledecky is a big story. We did not anticipate that. We knew that Michael Phelps was going to be in his fourth Olympics. He had the opportunity to do something that, I mean, maybe the greatest Olympian ever. Yeah. Right? Is that a little premature? It's, or no, not premature. It's, it's career, arguable. You his can career argue. is over, so it's not premature. I shouldn't say premature. Is that a little biased? No. If you just look at pure medals and how many golds, yeah, he has more than anybody. But if you take somebody like Usain Bolt, he doesn't have as many events. He runs in the 100-meter and the 200-meter. So if you break down his winning percentage versus Phelps' winning percentage, Usain Bolt's is higher. So you can make an argument, but it's tough to top, what was it, 23 gold, 28 total medals. And that's ridiculous, but Usain Bolt doesn't have a chance to win that many. Because he only does two, does, two yeah, events. but he dominates those two events. It makes you wonder if... I don't even know all the events by a long shot. Is there a one-mile race? Yeah, but Bolt doesn't do that. Why not? He just He's a sprinter. I know, but I'm just saying... You want him to sprint one mile? Why not? <laughs> How? I mean, seriously, why could... What if we had LeBron James play men's volleyball? Or, I mean, not just pick it up today. I mean, if he grew up playing it. I would think China would have an advantage because they could take their equivalent of LeBron James and say, we're not going to put you in basketball. We think it's going to give us our best chance at the Olympics in 16 years <laughs> if we train you to be a volleyball player. 
So why doesn't China dominate? Because they have a, a they they commun- do do that stuff. They, okay, they do clearly. That's what they do. Yeah. But why are they not better? I don't get it. I guess we just have a, they, a mixture of different. They're second in the medal count. Okay, Kelly, they're just not as good as us. I was watching track and field yesterday. Sprinters, a lot of Chinese guys that are just super fast. Really? Yeah. You know what confused me was I was watching um, badminton, and it was U.S. against China. China's amazing, right? Yeah. But both of our players also look like they're from China. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they are. Really? They're probably makes... born in America. Yeah. But um, did you see the um, the China China's female gymnastic team? No. The, oh, I did, actually. I saw some pictures. There, you mean the there's youth? There's no way that those girls are 15 or 16. You think in 2016, certain countries are getting away with things like that? This one girl, is te- she has to be 10 years old. Why would they do that, though? I, do, I, I don't care what you say, Steve. No one's going to convince me that it is advantageous to put a 10-year-old out there and compete her against adults. And they've, they've been busted in the past for, for doing that, for putting in... Why would they do that? There's no... You're saying, how can that help you? It my seems daughter, like the best gymnasts are the ones that are stocky, have my you know, muscle-bound legs. I have an eight-year-old daughter. She's a good little athlete, but I mean, I would imagine an 18-year-old would be a better athlete. All right, the girl's name. 10. Yeah. Wang Yan. She is 16, I believe. If you're just listening, Google Wang Yan. Tell me she is not 10 years old. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't know how that helps you. But you're just... I'm very... I was pretty serious about it when I was watching it on TV. I messaged you. I saw that. You're very skeptical. Wayne yeah. Young? Yeah. Apparently, there's a, also a male who's named Wayne Young. Chinese politician. All right. So, the, the top stories are clearly Katie Ledecky emerging as a superstar. Yeah. There are... Simone... Simone Biles, yeah. Simone Biles, right? Yeah. How big of a star is she? She's yeah, only she's dominant. She's only what seventeen? I, I think she does some uh, individual ni- events 19. today too. She's four foot nine. Yeah, there are a lot of minor stories. Um, Simone Biles would not be a minor story. No, but no, she's, no. She's being considered by many unbiased analysts at the age of nineteen to potentially being the greatest female gymnast ever. Oh yeah, already. I saw her, she was doing a final event for our team, all, I think it was like team all around, and our team is so good that Simone Biles was on the balance beam. It said she could have fallen off three times, and we still would have, that's how far ahead we were from everybody else. I believe we have the top three gymnasts in the world, all on the USA, which is unbelievable. Simone Biles being number one. So many different storylines. I mean, in this day and age of social media, obviously not just in the United States, but across the world, there's so much coverage. I mean, there's so many, you know, what was the one story about the um, athlete who said so-and-so shouldn't be, the United States athlete who called the other one out saying they shouldn't be eligible because of doping? Who was that? Lily King. Lily King said that who? It was... uh... Russian swimmer shouldn't be eligible because he had previously yep. tested positive for, for doping. Yeah. And then I believe reporters asked her, so what about American athletes? 
like Justin Gatlin. She said they should be banned as well. Kind of a good story there. Good story, and I, I can't blame her, right? No. If I was a clean athlete who was competing at the very pinnacle of the sport and I had, was not using performance-enhancing drugs, I'm guessing I'd be pretty passionate that other people shouldn't be using yeah. either, right? Yeah. I'm pretty cynical, though. I, I think the majority Clearly, of I, them your, your are... opinion on the 10-year-old Chinese gymnast was really struck me as very cynical. Yeah. I think the majority of the athletes are. Do you? Yeah, I do. All right. What about Michael Phelps? You're going to put me on blast, huh? What are you saying? You think he's using? I'm, I'm just a realist, Kelly. If you're going to dominate the Olympics four straight times... Over a course of 16 years. The reason I do not think... I'm thinking maybe there's a chance. You just assume? Yeah, because in today's world, we have to. Okay. We have to. Even the most innocent, you know, Lance Armstrong. No one ever thought he did. He didn't even look like it. Some scrawny cyclist, very adamant about never doing... Any doping or... Mm -hmm. And pitchers, for example, in baseball. We never thought pitchers... People would say things like this. Well, it doesn't help pitchers. Or he doesn't look like he takes it. Yeah. So when it comes... Andy Pettit. Oh, he's not even that bulky. So when it comes to an aging athlete or somebody that's been dominant for a very long time... But you made a good point. He looks like... Yeah, that's my... My argument is this. Is when you see the photos and the video clips of Michael Phelps... Continually, what appears to be continually demonstrating his wingspan by celebrating next to his teammates, reaching his arms and showing his entire length of his freakishly broad body. And he just towers over his teammates, who are also elite swimmers. You just, I personally can't help but think, looks like he has an advantage because he's physically much. Yeah, very very long. Very long torso, short legs, I think is. Long arms. I think all that's key to being a great swimmer. But I don't think I'm wrong for questioning, you know. Well, I, I think that I don't think you're wrong either, but I do think they test. Yeah, but these Olympic style testing, I think, I think you hence under- the term Olympic style yeah. testing. We, the Russians have shown us that you could get away with that. And also, I think doctors are way ahead of the game to where there's so many different concoctions they can make. Is the entire Olympic competition, current state of Olympics, is it a farce? I mean, I read a report where one of the pools is blue, like it's supposed to be, pretty blue, and then one's green. Yeah. People are, there's just many stories of people being robbed at gunpoint right outside the Olympic Village. Um, Just horrible, horrible stuff going on. Is the entire notion of the Olympics today a joke? Not the entire, when it comes to the athletes actually getting out there and performing, that's not a farce, but everything else, yes, it is. The drug testing? I mean, just the countries. I I watch Real Sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO. They did a whole hour episode on the Olympics. They went to Sochi, Russia, and there's just abandoned condos that they use to house athletes and 
million dollar stadiums that they never use anymore. It's it just I don't think it's very good for these countries. I think we should have it in one place every four years. Same place? Yeah. Might as well have it at the United States. Right? I mean, we have better facilities. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. We are reviewing the Olympic coverage and the dominance by our country, the United States. Also, we're going to review week one of the NFL preseason and any other storylines across the league as we are inching our way closer to college football and the NFL season. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Myself, Kelly Patrick, alongside Steve Driver, talking the Olympics this morning as the United States is dominating the medal count and feeding into our continual sense of being the superior country in the world. Usain Bolt, clearly the top sprinter of our lifetime, right? Michael Johnson is the most, I guess Carl Lewis was a little before Michael Johnson. Am I missing anyone? I'm sure you are, but. Well, I mean, of significance, it's like all-time no, great. You, of our lifetime, Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt's from Jamaica. Uh, if anybody's testing him this year, it is Justin Gatlin. Yeah, there might be another Jamaican runner that's pretty pretty good, too. Okay. But Justin Gatlin is has not taken the most traditional approach, being that he's 34 years old. Busted for performance-enhancing drugs at one time before. Uh, been involved in some controversy. Born in, in New York. Resident of Orlando, Florida. Uh, was a, a runner in college at the University of Tennessee. Does Justin Gatlin have a chance to... Surpass, or is anybody going to surpass Usain Bolt? Yesterday morning, I watched a couple of semifinal heats to make the final 100 meter. Um, I guess Usain Bolt's coming off a little hamstring injury. Looked a little ginger. Um, He ended up winning his heat, but it wasn't the dominant Usain Bolt that we've seen in the past. Justin Gatlin won his heat. 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a good run. Obviously, I still think Usain Bolt's gonna win, but I'm gonna be tuned in tonight to definitely watch that. In 2001, Justin Gatlin was banned for two years from athletics for testing positive for a banned substance, and then again in 2006. So, are you gonna? Is it okay to root for him? Certainly, I don't care. You don't care that these guys take PEDs? Is that what you're saying? They shouldn't have reinstated him if it's the type of PED that you take and then you're better for the rest of your life. No, I don't think, I don't that think that's how it works. So, so yeah, it's, I think he's still being tested. Is there any way of proving that Usain Bolt's never used anything? No. So I think that Justin Gatling is probably being held, if anything, to a higher level of testing than the other athletes because of his history. So, yeah, certainly okay, to, in my opinion. Yeah, and usually when you get busted, you get tested more. Yeah, that's what I mean. At least we in our American NFL, NBA, you get into a program and you, you have increased levels of testing. So you will be rooting for Justin Gatlin? Certainly. I'm looking at his um, achievements. In the 2004 Olympics... He won the gold in the 100 meter. In the 2004? Yeah. I mean, I, there's a whole list of them. So he's in a very accomplished Olympian. Seriously? Yeah. Isn't it crazy that Usain Bolt's 6'5"? Is he? Isn't that unbelievable? I didn't realize that. And just the fastest man in the world. Justin Gatlin's 6'1". I mean, it makes sense... I think it makes sense. Having longer legs helps, right? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Then why is it not a seven-foot person? <laughs> it's got to be... I need, I'm going to start, com- start a campaign. A combination of... I'm going to start a campaign to get seven-foot giants into sprinting. I'm, I'm down with obscure Olympic sports. <laughs> I'm looking for tug-of-war, sumo wrestling... I think that's neat. I'd watch. But why is MMA not in? It's just so hard to have semi semifinal heats. What are you gonna have? A bunch of one weight class fight on August the fifth and then have to fight again on the twelfth. It would you- it just wouldn't work. You can't have back to back fight they could fight once. So the year leading up to it, or the two years leading up to the Olympics, you can have maybe a elimination bracket, and then have the championship bout in the Olympics. That's the only way it would work. What they need to do is take combat sports and make them uniform so that across the, the, the globe, people who compete in judo or taekwondo or jujitsu or wrestling or even boxing, they say, well, in the, the Olympic style, 160 pounds means middleweight or 100, you know what I mean? Or 185 pounds means middleweight or whatever it is. And there's these divisions... And you can practice in your own genre of martial arts. But if it's, I mean, it's fighting, right? I like the idea of mixing martial arts. I think it's super intriguing. And as much as you may tout tug of war, I would argue there's a little more legitimacy to fighting over tug of war. Okay, judo, boxing, that's fine. You just cannot... Do MMA. How are you going to do more? How are you going to fight more than one time? 
What do you mean? The, all these things have qualifiers and things like that. What do you mean? You just got to organize it in a way that says there's men and there's women. 160-pound division for this, 147 Okay. Pound, or whatever the divisions are. So you think Conor McGregor is going to go down there and, and fight for free for a gold medal? Maybe not. Maybe there'll be certain countries that, that you know, Cuba or, or China that take it more serious. But I think that, that if you establish a, a uniform strategy of competing at the, the Olympic level, that going forward, there would be prestige. Why do boxers still do it? Why did anyone do it? I think it would add to the allure of combat sports, in my opinion. You can say tug-of-war. and you know, I know, Steve, tug-of-war, speed walking, super intriguing. I think two men getting in a cage and beating each other up is intriguing. Well, speed walking's in the Olympics. I know. I know. Thank God we got that one in. Thank God. Speed walking. Oh, you're right. There's a lot of other sports that are more interesting than race walking, I believe is the correct term. I don't know. Maybe. But you cannot I mean, tell I... me that tug of war wouldn't, wouldn't be fun to watch. We take the seven biggest Americans we have. You are have a, them grab one end of the rope. You would watch that. Don't biggest, tell me that you wouldn't. Is biggest the key? I think short, shorter the better. Short, stout, strong dudes. It's intriguing. What about right. arm wrestling? You're Look, you're a big fan ooh, of arm wrestling. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't know that I'm suggesting. Oh, I definitely watch that. How great would that be? And there's a lot of arm wrestlers from uh, different countries that are very good. You actually, that would be awesome. You actually follow that a little bit. You, yeah, you could. Who's that the, you can have more than one heat. You know, these guys can arm wrestle more than once in a in a day's time. So it that'd be cool. We should be ahead of the committee. You know, some of the the, the sports, honestly, badminton. It's pretty cool, I guess. But but I'm just saying, I, I think that at its core, Greco-Roman wrestling is cool. It's been around forever. Right? Yeah. Do, do you agree? Yes. Judo's cool. So you're just going to decide what's cool and what's not. No, I, I'm saying at its core, what is competition? What do humans compete with each other at? Fighting is at its core the purest form of competition. Am I wrong? You're right. I, I mean, that's my opinion. Bas- so I mean, all M- sports, MMA is the the epitome of fighting because best- you can you can be whatever you want. You can be a you know, yeah, wrestler or a boxer or judo or Krav Maga. Just any mixture. Street fighter. Street. If you think that just a random street fighting approach is the best, then sure. Let's let's see. Let's put it all in there. Okay, fair enough. That's you know that's my take. Tai Chi, some people may think, is really good. They'd probably end up putting it on pay-per-view, and you wouldn't be able to watch it anyways. What's wrong with monetizing it? What's wrong with turning it into a way to, to make it more desirable for the top athletes to go? Yeah, so you're saying there needs to be some incentive there. I'm saying I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. It's uh, for I'm- entertainment purposes. Are we pretending that it's all philanthropic? I'm I'm all about paying these people. Yeah, is it philanthropic? And it know, seems like it's it's just reeks of scandal and dirty money yeah. and horrible institutions that 
I don't know, probably are involved in human trafficking and all sorts of horrible global conspiracies. A lot of these people do get money from the league that they're that they're in outside of the Olympics. So if they do great in the Olympics, they'll get a sign a contract through professional swimming. I think Missy Franklin last Olympics, she was in high school, senior in high school, dominating the field. She either could have gone to college or turned pro. She would have turned pro. I think she would have got around $5 million with endorsements and everything. She ended up going to college. And I don't know if you watch this Olympics, but she's not as good anymore. Always take the money, Kelly. I'm not going to hate on anybody for that. What do you think Michael Phelps' net worth is? I don't know. That's a good question. I just Googled it. It says 50, approximately $55 million. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that he has his own deal with the Olympics to where he markets himself. Because um, say you're a track athlete, you're a track star, you can't have Verizon or AT&T stamps on your shoulder. You can't Why not? market. They won't, Olympics won't let you. They, they choose advertisements. Mm-hmm. So if you're under the Olympic name, in your sport, you can't advertise your own company. Is it the NBA that is going more toward a, a Europe soccer style for marketing? Yeah. God, this opens up a whole... We go through so many different topics. You know, it, that, that, it, a whole different can of worms yeah, here. It does bring in a lot more money. Oh, clearly. Right? Yeah. I mean, imagine the exposure if Verizon was on Michael Phelps' swim trunks. How much money is How can you monetize that? Is, is Verizon available in other countries? I'm not too sure, but... Could you please look into that? Uh, the, the Olympics, you know, they have their own advertisements, so they run an yeah. Olympic commercial. I think in large part they're television contracts. American Airlines, that's all Olympic commercial for that, you know, so... An athlete can't have Southwest on their stamped across their back. The Olympics, the IOC doesn't allow that. A lot of interesting dynamics when it comes to Olympics. Yeah. Very debatable. There's certain sports that are in this year that, you know, that weren't in last year, haven't been in for 50 years. There's a committee that's constantly under scrutiny. What was the Qatar? I mean, there's all sorts of different so-and-so was awarded the Olympics and it was marred in controversy. And it's, a, it's, it's impressive for me as a sports fan that humanity has stuck with this for so long, right? Yeah. It's pretty neat. The whole world comes together and competes. Obviously, there, there's historically been many controversial things such as what was it with Jesse Owens and there was Hitler? Hitler was at the Olympics. Yeah, he's actually the one that started that um, passing the torch, running with the torch from Hitler started it. Yes, really? Because he wanted everybody to see the countryside. That he wanted everybody to see all of Germany. What? Yep. What year? Let's see. Oh, you don't believe me? No, that, I that, no, that, no, 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 no. I was that's tra- what it is. <laughs> I think you're making stuff up on the radio. No, no I. I what was it that Jesse Owens dominated and Hitler was there and had to watch a black athlete dominate? Yeah. 
Biggie almost didn't go, right? I do. Who didn't? Jesse Owens? Yeah. Where you have the black power, the gold and silver, the medalist holding up, you know, black power fists. That's right. All right. He was a four-time Olympic gold medalist in the 1936 Olympic Games. Specialized in sprints and the long jump. Recognized as perhaps the greatest and most famous athlete in track and field history. So beyond Simone Biles, for example, is embodying what is probably the most successful female. Has she surpassed, I guess, Jackie Joyner Kersey would be the only other black female to dominate at the Olympics. Am I wrong? United States, African-American. Oh, I'm sure there's, there's to this, more. To this degree, but though. Better that, yeah, to, to this, this degree. De- to this degree. So there are, I guess what my point is, along the line of thinking of Jesse Owens and his cultural significance and his um, civil rights significance within the Olympics, which is a, obviously always a, a relevant story, at least for us here in our country, or everything that we are going on, we have going on. Um, Simone Biles would be, if there's a story right now, Simone Biles was born to a, a drug-addicted mother who came from poverty, and there, that's been really, not only has that been very publicized, but it's also been very criticized for being uh, it, overblown in some ways. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much of a civil rights... Not civil rights, I'm not trying... Yeah, you're Or right. an activist of anything, that is, though. No. If anything, you could say Lily King's taking a stand on PEDs or... Um, you know, in today's age, there's just different. I get so tired of PED talk. That's fine. We don't have to get into that. I'm not saying that I'm mad at you know. I'm just saying I'm a. I try to follow UFC and boxing and NFL and everybody. Every time I turn around, Brock Lesnar this and then the offensive tackle for the Eagles. So he's out this week. And just it's just always something. Yeah. Um. A story that is intriguing to the United States is Michael Phelps. He is representative of a redemption story, right? He had a couple DUIs in the middle of his reign as an Olympic champion. Who was it that he he was greatly inspired by? I think Ray Lewis. I read an article. Did you see that? Yeah. Where where Ray Lewis and him had a talk, and he really, he recommended he read a book. What do you think of that? Great supermodel. He recommended that he, he reads a book, and Michael Phelps turned his life around and continued his, his reign of, of being a dominant. That's somebody you want to look up to. I, I said supermodel. I meant role model. Role model. Obviously, I know. I know. You, you knew what I meant. I knew what you meant, but you're being facetious. You don't think Ray, Ray Lewis is a great role model. I don't know him personally. Because, because of his involvement with the, the murder? You can say it. He was, he was young, though. You know, chalk it up to being young. I mean, if I had a camera crew following me around, I mean, everybody's involved in murders, (laughs) right? No, I mean, and he was not found guilty of that. Yeah, athletes. They have other people to take the fall for him. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless, Lily King called out Justin Gatling. That is a story. Michael Phelps' dominance, the United States' dominance – I think that, that stories such as Michael Phelps hold more weight than who wins the medal count. I think that if you're, you're talking about 
who's going to be on the cover of a magazine, who's going to be this, who's going to be that. Faces are what sells. And Simone, Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Katie Ledecky, those are the three superstars from the United States this year. As of now. As of now. Still have a lot of time left. But yeah. Anybody else on the horizon? Oh, I'm sure there are, but as of now, those are the three. But I think the medal count, if we were behind or losing, I, I think those faces, Michael Phelps, might be more important for the United States. But worldwide, I think the medal count's a bigger deal. You think there's people in China waking up this morning, looking at the newspaper and just slamming their fist on the ground? Slamming their fist on the table and saying, those damn Americans. Yeah, they have way too many golds, and they're better looking. (laughs) I don't think that everybody thinks we're better looking. (laughs) I know. it. I was just kind of tying it into, we're the best at everything. They may despise despise that we we think that. Let's see here. So today is, all right, today is Sunday the 14th. Today, events that we have are... I can tell you there's NBA. Okay, yeah. Or not the NBA. Olympic basketball. The 100 meters on at um, 815. There's um, gymnastics. Simone Biles will be up there again. Today? Yeah, they specialize in certain events. Like she'll do a floor exercise. There'll be another American that specializes in the uneven bars. It's like an all-day thing, though. I'll, I'll have to watch some today. Today's a, a, a yeah. Last Sunday, a week for, a week ago, we were on the air and we were ready for the NFL Hall of Fame game, right? Yeah, I was tuning in. I had it on ESPN, ready to watch. We got word down. Oh, inclement weather, been canceled. When does that happen? They didn't say weather, did they? That's not why it was canceled. What was the explanation you heard? Um. Oh, it was um. The people that were in charge of painting the field put the wrong paint down. Imagine how angry the people. Oh, some people lost their jobs for sure. But it, it was so, it was rock solid. Their uh, spikes wouldn't even penetrate the paint. So Probably it, some intern it was put just, the wrong thing yeah, down. It was just concrete, basically. And they tried to heat it up. Seriously? Yeah, which melted the um, the little rubber pellets that were in the turf. So then it was hard as a rock. And very slippery. So then they decided to put some kind of paint thinner down to try to take the paint off. Turns out it causes skin burns and rashes. So just complete disaster on multiple levels. Skin burns and rashes? Yeah, somebody... They somebody, had somebody roll around on it? Well, no, somebody took a picture of the this liquid that they used to remove the paint, and it was like hazardous, don't come in contact with skin or eyes. Somebody must have been very misinformed about what they were supposed to do. Yeah, well, imagine if you put the wrong paint down, you'd be freaking out. I would probably just run. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> or blame it on somebody else. Yeah, I'd try to pin it on somebody else. I would ask somebody to help, and then, and then, and then when they got there, I'd say, oh, my God, what'd you do? And then I would just leave. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I would do. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. 
As always, we encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmore Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. Coming at you as we do every Sunday morning from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports, primarily getting into the Olympics this morning. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Steve Driver and myself, Kelly Patrick, coming at you for hour number two, reviewing the Olympics, previewing the Olympics. And as always, we can talk about the National Football League. Intriguing storylines across the league right now that are buzzing. Dak Prescott with the big game behind the Cowboys potent offensive line in the preseason game last night. Dak Prescott taken in the fourth round. Very accomplished collegiate quarterback in the SEC. Not as highly touted or as not projected to be a, a, as prolific as someone like Carson Wentz. Sure did look good last night, Steve. What do you think? Yeah, one preseason game. Kind of hard to tell off, based off that, but... You know, he was playing with the first-team offense, too. A lot of these guys like Goff and Wentz that come in, they're playing with second- and third-string guys. So very hard to tell. But if you take a guy that late and he does that well, you have to feel pretty good about it, don't you think? Sure. I've I've said for a few years now with the – I mean, Des Bryant is – Yeah, he had an amazing grab last night. He is a freak. Very good hands, very athletic, big. Goes across the middle well. Everything. Yep. I mean, he's probably my top pick for a wide receiver in the league. I guess A.J. Green's up there, being a homer. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's a great yeah. route runner. Health is always a concern with Dez, but... On top of that, the Cowboys are rated year in, year out as having one of the very best offensive lines. Yep. And how important is that to be able to establish, we remember the, I guess we'll say in hindsight, prudent decision to drop DeMarco Murray because of the belief that guys like Zach Martin and what, Doug Free or whoever's on that offensive Travis line. Travis Fe- Frederick. 
yeah, whoever's on that offensive line, Jerry and his sons or whoever makes the decisions now for the Cowboys, they, they believe that you, you beef up your offensive line. This isn't very radical thought, really. It's if you have a really good offensive line, Darren McFadden or whoever's going to be running the ball is going to do okay and you'll survive. You don't need to dump a bunch of money into a depreciating asset, which in 2016, for the most part, you can consider a, a running back to be. Yeah, I, th- those were great draft picks. Offensive line, I remember they caught a lot of flack for taking Passing those up guys. Johnny Mantell and taking Zach yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, great in hindsight, but you have question marks to another draft picks. I, What's that? I'm, I'm a huge Ohio State fan, Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm not taking a running back that high if I can have anybody run behind that offensive line. They, get, they have Alf, Alfred Morris. I think he'd do just fine. So they they kind of put their defense on the back burner here recently when they when they made some some tough picks. I'm Elliott should be great behind that offensive line, but they also drafted that linebacker out of Notre Dame who blew out his knee in the bowl game. They need guys to come in right away and produce that Kelly that um, second round pick. I I don't know his name off the top of my head out of Notre Dame that blew out his knee, but they're drafting guys that can't come in and make an impact right away. So I think their offense should be great this year. Great weapons, but the defense is lacking to me. I mean, we'll see how well they do. They're they got to stay healthy. So I questions with the draft. Always. There will always be questions with the draft. Um, for years, they were known as making horrible front office decisions. Then they pull out a, we'll pass on Johnny Manziel. Avoid that ticking time bomb, despite the, f- the fact that, according to all accounts, Jerry Jones wanted him <laughs> in the green room, right? Yeah. Jerry Jones wanted him. One of his sons had to say, Dad, chill out. <laughs> we need to take this Zach Martin, who's going to be a however. I think Zach Martin was a pro bowler his rookie year. Yeah. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzzline now. We got our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. Good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can. What you got for us, Brian? I'm sorry? Let me call back in. I, I got a connection here, guys. I'll call right back in. All right. Wonder what Brian had for us. You think he's gonna give us another shout? Oh, I'm sure he's got plenty for us. We're gonna head back to the buzz line. We actually got our man, the myth, the legend, the truth is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? Truth, are you there? Truth, go ahead. Just a minute. Channeling some some uh, phone, <laughs> phone issues here. We'll, we'll get the truth on with us in just a moment. Um, so, so when it comes to front office decisions in the NFL, always easy to criticize. I mean, on occasion, there is somebody like Adrian Peterson that's not a depreciating asset, that's going into his 11th year, which is almost unprecedented. Yeah. And flies in the face of the current running back model. Yeah, the current running back model is you draft a guy – 
He plays three to five years under a rookie contract. You don't have to pay him much. Then you don't have to re-sign him to a huge deal. And then you draft another one five years later, and you keep doing the same thing. I think that's the running back model. Adrian Peterson is one of a kind. He's kind of surpassed that. But that's the model I'd go with. We're going to head back to the buzz line. We got our man. The truth is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Truth? Oh, doing great. Let me hear all the Hoosier fans said IU is dominating and swimming. Ain't that lovely? Hey, we're showing out in the Olympics. Come on, man. Yeah, Give yeah, up, yeah. They have been dominating. Oh, all the Big Ten has had um, an athlete in the Olympics as well. Hey, what about the girl from Evansville, Miss King? Shock the nation. Yeah. You've been watching a lot of the Olympics, Truth? Uh, I'm, I'm watching the, the Big Ten people. I don't watch the SEC. I don't care about the basketball team. Nothing. I'm watching swimming because I can see more IU people. The Hoosier Nation is really looking good in swimming. And it's going to spill out on the football field and the basketball field. <laughs> Let's talk about our Olympics basketball team. I, I won't be surprised they get knocked off. What do you think about I don't, that? It could happen. I wouldn't be surprised either with these last two games. I, I like what, how everybody been playing. They really, really made them play, not the NBA style, been making them play one-on-one, yeah. not as a team. And that's hurting them. Yeah, it is. They need. The, I think they're going to rely on their defense a lot more. I don't know. We'll see today. Who they play today? Uh, France around one around one thirty one fifteen. What do you think? Oh, that's hard blow. Yeah, you think they'll blow France out? They they need to. After to- Tony Parker games. play for France. So what? Tony Parker. Uh, yeah, Tony. I think I see France uh, uh, just barely won yesterday, didn't they? They didn't play Australia. Sounds right. Yeah. Play, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think France did yesterday. Yep. Yeah, they. I think uh, Australia beat them, didn't they? Uh, with Tony Janogi, uh, they barely barely uh, beat them by. They they went two overtime. They France can give the United States all they want today. Yeah, they could. So, uh, what do you think yeah. the USA needs? Do we need Steph Curry and LeBron James? Uh, well, I'm glad you. I, see, that's why I'm glad I call in because I give y'all boys wisdom, understanding, and how to win. They need they need Cody Zeller and Victor Oladipo and Yogi Ferrell. See, you say I can answer a simple question for you. That's what they need. So you just want to put the IU basketball team out there and Cody and, and, and Kobe Bryant on the uh, <laughs> Kobe off the bench. <laughs> the showstopper. Hey, uh, I'm gonna leave y'all with this. Uh, what do you think about the Yankees bringing up the young players this week? And they've been looking good. Have y'all been keeping up with that? Yeah. Good stuff there, Truth. We'll get to that. I appreciate the call. Have a great rest of your weekend. And, and yeah, that's a big story that we did not get to is Alex Rodriguez, in a very unconventional way, was shown the door. He's now in the front office for the Yankees. And his last game was Friday. Yankees have done a relatively pretty good job under the radar of stockpiling their, their farm system. And they brought up some talented young guys. I think it's the best move. 
Yeah. You're hovering around 500. You're not going to you're not going to anywhere this year. The division stacked. Yeah, you're not going anywhere this year. Bring up your young talent. So truth, that's a good call. I I think it's intriguing what what Cashman and the Yankees do yeah. going forward. That whole A-Rod thing was kind of odd, wasn't it? That whole A-Rod career thing was kind of odd. Is it every step of the way was kind of odd for A-Rod, right? Yeah. It's just a bizarre historically great. You can't take away from him he was clutch in the 2009 Playoffs and World Series, and he's one of the best yeah. baseball players ever. They couldn't have won that World Series without him. No. Looking at the, the roster here for France, Tony Parker, Nick Batum, Boris Diaw, Rudy Gobert, Gobert, some big names NBA players. Man, they're loaded. Yeah, arguably one of the more stacked rosters um, across the, the in Brazil for, for the Olympics this year. Yeah. I mean, that's legitimate. Nicholas I'm definitely Batum, tuning in, yeah. What time's that? that? 115 or 130. Okay. No, I, I would love to see that because I love guys like Boris Diaw and, and Gobert is a really good big guy. Man, I'm not – I'm with the truth. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we lost, dropped a game. Once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line. Where I believe we've got our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. What do you have for us this morning, Brian? Hey, good morning, guys. Enjoying the show. Everything sounds fantastic. Um, hey, a couple of things I wanted to comment on the Olympics. Boy, it's fun to watch the Americans dominate in the Olympics. And uh, the one thing that uh, I want to kind of disagree with uh, with, with Stephen, uh, I don't see Bolt losing at all. I, I watched that uh, semifinal. And he kind of looked like he was toying with the field. I, I look for him to probably set a world record and win by uh, two lanes or so. Uh, and uh, and I don't see the American basketball team losing either. You know, I know they've had some close games, but you know, remember when the had that unbelievable streak last year? They had close games. It's it's a matter of how you finish games, and uh, you know it, it's possible. Boy, I sure don't see. Uh, I sure don't see. They don't see the team winning. There's so much better talent, and I think they can get people can get close to them. But uh, I don't see them. I don't see them losing, and I don't see Bolt losing. Uh, the other thing I was going to comment on uh, it's uh, horse racing stuff's coming up. We got the Pacific Classic next week, and we've got California Chrome against Dortmund against the Philly Beholder, which is gonna, she's the defending champ in the Pacific Classic. And then in two weeks, we've got the Midsummer Derby, the Traverse Stakes from Saratoga, and we're going to get a lot of the same uh, horses that we've seen for a while now. I think uh, Exaggerator and you know uh, Nyquist, some of those guys will probably show up for the Midsummer Derby. So, uh, and, and next month Churchill reopens and has its September meet. So, and then in, in between we've got Kentucky Downs and uh, a lot of good horse racing coming up, leading up to the Breeders' Cup. But uh, it is fun to watch the Olympics. I do agree with you guys. The Chinese gymna- women gymnastics, I've never seen such a young group in my life, and there's no way they're more than about 10 or 12. So, And I don't know if that is an advantage or not, but, man, oh, man, those look like young girls out there. But uh, they sure got dominated by our unbelievable women's gymnastics team. How impressive was that? And, and Michael Phelps has got to go down as the greatest Olympian of all time. Uh, so uh, just some comments, but I love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Brian.
Great stuff there, Brian. We appreciate the feedback. Man, it is a good time to be into horse racing right now. It may be that I hear Brian every week with his updates, and we just hear all these names. and I, So I hear him every week. But it sounds like there's so many recognizable names running in 2016 to where, where horses are running into, um, you know, well past their three-year-old age, and, and they just keep earning and earning, and then they've got like a Hall of Fame-type roster of, of all these different races. So we appreciate the horse racing update there, Brian. Um, Brian also said he does not think Team USA will, will lose. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they're going to lose, but they've almost lost twice. Yeah. And today they're playing against one hell of a team. Yeah. I mean, it, compared to the other rosters, I mean, Rudy Gobert is a, a legitimate. I'll bring up. Let's, uh, what kind of numbers does he put up in the NBA? I'm not too sure. Off no, he, right he's a legit big guy. Let's see here. I'm bringing it up, but um, Nicholas Batum is a legitimate NBA player. Yep. Not, not just a role player. Not Deladova. No. Uh, Gobert is 7-1 for the Jazz. Um, and Batum puts up big numbers. He's still with the Blazers, right? 13.9 points in the NBA and 11.4 rebounds per game as a 7-foot-1 center for the for the Utah Jazz. Now, Batum just went somewhere else off of uh, okay. free agency, I, I believe. Right, yeah. Signed a huge deal. Yeah. But they may not lose, but if they're going yeah. to, today would be... A, a, a time where they certainly could. Yeah, and I think I think Usain Bolt is gonna is going to win. I just thought in that first heat, he didn't look like the Usain Bolt of old, mm-hmm. and maybe he was just toying with him. Especially when he finished, he definitely slows down. Yeah, Looks like that's it take, interesting. Took him a while to get up to speed. I mean, he clearly, I think he's going to win. I don't think he has much competition there. I think swimming. It, 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 in its simplest form, I think swimming, who's the fastest swimmer in the world, who's the fastest sprinter, who could win in a fight. <laughs> Seriously, these are the things that I think are most intriguing when it comes to humans and com- competition. Yeah. Okay, those swimming, maybe who can throw a shot put the farthest. That's pretty cool. I think stuff like that, that just I know that that sounds very chauvinistic and all so about So why don't we do stuff... Who can hold their breath the longest? <laughs> Who can? Seriously? I don't know. That's what you're going for. Well, I'm just saying in practical purposes, if something went down, who'd win in a fight? If you had to get from here to there, I guess swimming, holding your breath would help. Who can swim the farthest while holding their breath would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> while carrying another person. No, I don't, I don't know. I, I just think that things like Usain Bolt being the fastest is very intriguing. It will oh, yeah. always be. Yeah. What about weightlifting? Yeah, they showed some of that day one. I'm, oh God, did you see that oh, video? God. So many events. That's immediately what I thought of too. After I wish I didn't watch that. Got right. I think he was Russian. Lifting. Uh, was he Russian? Somewhere in Europe. Armenian, something like that. And doing. Uh, 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 Lifting some heavy weights yeah, over his I think head. He was cleaning it over, and, and yeah. over his head, and his arm snapped. I guess there's only so much weight that the human you, should be able yeah, to. Yes, the bone bones can only hold so much weight. Man, That's, that was tough. There's so many events that you only see clips of when something goes wrong, right? Oh. Like what about the Filipino divers? 
I think it turns out that one of the main clips that's floating around the internet these days of the Filipino diver landing on his back. That's actually a couple years old. So for some reason, certain things are getting uh, resurfacing. But um, the, 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 the weightlifter breaking his arm is the only reference I have to weightlifting this Olympics, right? Yeah. Um, but but back, I guess we, we spoke in the first hour ad nauseum about the Olympics. Yeah. If anyone's interested or intrigued to a, a further extent, please call us. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line. We're riding around the corner from the NFL season starting. Yeah. There's a, a couple things that I I thought would be cool to talk about. Um, Cowboys took Dak Prescott in the fourth round. Obviously, they don't need a starting QB right away, but possibly if Romo gets hurt, compare that to the Rams and the Eagles trading away multiple draft picks mm-hmm. to take quarterbacks first and second round. What do you— what do you think the best approach to getting a quarterback is? The answer, and I, I hate when people skirt questions and they don't take a stand, but it's always an inexact science. Troy Aikman was taken number one overall. I think Terry Bradshaw was. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. The, uh, the list goes on and on, but what I mean is Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw, did they live up, up to expectations? Yeah. They certainly, you have to consider that they did. They didn't turn into Peyton Manning or anything like that, or Dan Marino. Both of them were also taking number one overall. But they won a bunch of Super Bowls. So there's different ways of, of evaluating. Dan wasn't taking number one. I think he was taking number three out of Pittsburgh, wasn't he? Let's see. I thought it was like seven. Really? But only time will tell is my answer. Right? Yeah. If you if you can get somebody like that who's going to go on to win some Super Bowls. I think I'm just more – if I'm going to draft a QB – You're right. I'm gonna, Taking 27th in oh, the first really? round out of Pittsburgh. I'm just going to – I'm going to take one where my pick is already at. I'm not going to trade everything to move up unless it's a sure thing. I mean, I remember when Andrew Luck was coming out. Is he a sure that, thing? That was a camp. I think it was as sure as you can can be before you draft them. Don't you think? His narrative is not yet written, right? Yeah, he had one real big year. He led the NFL in touchdowns. Here's what the Rams gave up. Okay, to get Goff to move up and get Goff. So Tennessee got the Rams' first round pick in 2016. Okay, so they swapped picks, two second round picks. In 2016, a third round pick in 2016, a first rounder in 2017, and another third in 2017. I mean, that's that's your future. I'm just saying, if you're going to do that, you better know that Jared Goff is going to be the next Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he is. I remember out of Delaware State, a guy named Joe Flacco yep. flew up the the rankings and. Was rated very highly, despite coming from a small school. Yeah, but the Ravens didn't give up everything and go get him. True. Same with Ben Roethlisberger coming out of uh, Miami, Miami, Ohio. Yeah. The Steelers didn't give up everything to go get him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I have a problem with. But a lot of times, even second-round picks get cut. Oh, yeah. Okay, so so 
if I know you're swinging for the fences when you do that, but if they pan out, you get ten years out of a legitimate starter. And if they don't, and if they don't, you're set back. So what you're saying is Dak Prescott may be Russell Wilson was taken in the second round. Brett Favre was taken in the second round. Drew Brees was taken in the second round. You can get quarterbacks. The guy for the 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 Redskins today, what's his name? Cousins? He was taken in the fourth round, like Dak Prescott. Yeah. Tom Brady, you know. Sixth round. Kurt Warner undrafted. Tony Romo undrafted. So there's many cases of that. So it's an inexact science. Uh, who was the guy for the Broncos, the running back? Terrell Davis, undrafted, I think. Yeah. I watched a little golf last night. He just looks so far behind. I've been watching okay. a little um, Hard Knocks on HBO where oh, they follow a team in training camp. He's never called a play in the huddle before. It just showed up, you know, first practice, second practice. He's going to get better. I'm definitely not starting him right away. I don't even think I'm going to play him this year at all. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Carson Palmer sat out his first year, and he's still doing well. Yeah, usually when you draft a guy that high, though, they're expected to come in immediately and produce. Today they are, but that hasn't always been the case. Eli didn't start out of the gate. Yeah, and I don't blame these. It's it's tough because you have GMs and head coaches. Yeah. Their job's on the line. I need a quarterback. I'll, I'll give up some picks five years later. I might not, might not even be here. Statistically, you probably won't. Yeah. What if you knew that? What if, the, what if you were the GM and you're like, well, the average tenure of a general manager is 3.4 years. So let's, gonna, let's go ahead and trade all seven of our picks from four years from now. Yeah. <laughs> you if think I'm, that would be well received? Yeah. If I'm Jeff Fisher and I have a you know career 500 record and I'm vastly overrated head coach, I'll gamble everything on a number one overall pick quarterback who's never called a play in a huddle. What about Jeff Fisher? That, that's one of the storylines this year is the Los Angeles Rams. They're always so talented, too. Who? The Rams. Defense is always talented. Didn't they lose Chris Long? Yeah, but he wasn't He wasn't producing for them. They got that, that defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Aaron Donald, he's a beast. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best defensive tackle, at least the best defensive tackle pass rusher. I think he is. Okay, then they've got some other guys. They got another stud defensive lineman. Uh, they've got a bunch of talent. Yeah, Gurley, Rob- Robert Quinn, Quinn, and then there's another uh, tackle. Quinn's a defensive end, I believe, who is opposite of Long. Didn't Long go to the Patriots? Yes, he did. It's crazy how they get all that talent, you know. Martellus Bennett, just guys that are at the end of the careers, but you still know have something left in the tank. Yeah. Who's your quarterback? Who's that? The Rams. Case Keenum, I believe. Out of Houston. What? And uh, he'll have Wentz, I mean, uh, Goff sitting behind him. Okay. But that's a big transition, St. Louis to Los Angeles. uh, Yeah. You say they're playing at the Coliseum, which is where the Raiders played? Yeah. So so that is uh, it's interesting that Los Angeles is what the second biggest city in the country? <laughs> is that right? Why are you asking me that? This is a sports show. I think okay, but they they haven't had an NFL team in a while. Yeah. 
And now they do. And they're playing at the Coliseum. The fans seem to be excited, though. There's a ton of people there. I think they said the most ever at a preseason game. Mm-hmm. How are the, the, the Rams going to do, and does that matter? Is it, is it still one of the top stories across the – I mean, we're here in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, does that matter to us? To me, it does as an NFL fan. Every team matters to me, I, th- I think. They've just gone seven and nine, eight and eight every year. I've, you know, I think well, they br- they brought in the right guy for that. They got <laughs> Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. <laughs> He's the eight and eight man, isn't he? Which is not a bad thing. Marvin Lewis is kind of that. But yeah. continuity. I'm a firm believer that in the NFL, continuity is so valuable that if you can have right. you can yeah. build you yeah. can build a defense like the Bengals, for example. And I know that it sounds like I continually go back to my team. But they do. They they built a, a foundation on defense and a culture and a, a four three identity that they have people come in who learn these. Then they have a backup, and then they let you know you let Leon Hall go, you let Jonathan Joseph go, but you still have continuity, and you, you can be doing well. I think that's in large part the way to build a, a winner. Should they be doing better though? Who the Bengals? How long has Marvin Lewis been there? Twelve years. And he hasn't won a playoff game? Uh, no, I know. Yeah, he's the winningest coach in the history of the franchise. Should he be doing Yes, he should. But at the is same there another, time, is if there you another, fire him. Yeah. What are you going to do, start from scratch? Well, maybe if you already have a great team in place. I mean, the Buccaneers dropped Dungy. Oh, it can happen. I mean, I'm not saying that. And they, were, they had a great team. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a culture. It wasn't like the Bucs had a. They're a new franchise, relatively. So, so it could work. I'm just saying, what's that? They weren't new franchise. What they were? When did? When were the Buccaneers? I know that Steve oh, Young played for ago, them. Man. What year do you think the Buccaneers came into existence? Uh, a long time ago. Just because they had old uniforms doesn't mean they're that <laughs> old. <laughs> they were awful too, weren't they? Remember the old? Because that's where Steve Young started out. I remember when the Panthers were out and about, and the Jaguars. I had a starters, uh, starters Panthers jacket. That was ninety four, ninety five. You could say That's, I was on the bandwagon pretty early. Panthers or Jaguars? I I had a Panthers jacket. Damn, you're right. Nineteen seventy six. I got a little carried away there. Yeah, you did. <laughs> they okay. What I mean is they were a very mediocre franchise then. Yeah. Let me let me change what I was saying. They they didn't have any culture of success. They were they were a, a joke of a franchise, and then they came in and they had um, Gruden. Gruden, yeah. Gruden won the Super Bowl after Tony Dungy. Yeah, and with all Monty Kiffin, yeah. Monty Kiffin, the, the uh, Tampa two originator, had implement. I mean, they had such talent on that team. But you're right when you get. When you get a real talented roster, sometimes maybe it's a good idea to switch. If the Bengals were to fire Marvin Lewis, it wouldn't be the I wouldn't necessarily be critical. You do need to win a playoff game eventually. Yeah. If you're gonna replace them, it has to be somebody better or has a better track record. Mm-hmm. Somebody waiting in the wings that's won a Super Bowl before. How many of those guys are walking around looking for jobs? Not looking for jobs. There's a couple out there, but they're not looking for jobs. They're all old. Yeah. I guess Gruden's available. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere, though. I wouldn't. 
I don't think being a head coach in the NFL sounds that fun. It sounds very enjoyable, I don't think. Do you? Probably not. I don't think a lot of football coaching jobs sound very enjoyable. <laughs> you got to, like, sleep at the... I'm, no, thank you. You got to sleep at the uh, training camp place. You got to do all sorts of... You've been watching Hard Knocks. Does it look fun? No, that's because of the move in the dorms and in all the facilities. They had no air conditioning. And for an NFL franchise. Yeah, for the first couple days. And what's the team again? For the LA Rams. Okay, so it's in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's not a good place to go without AC. No. What about your Browns? You're a lifelong Browns fan. Yeah. Do, do you believe in Robert Griffin III? He has proved, say what you will about him, attitude-wise, um, maybe he's not a good fit for the NFL. He has proven that he can be successful in the NFL. Yeah, he has. He's kind of have a, had an interesting career. You could say that Mike Shanahan maybe didn't handle that the best way. Rookie, rookie QB, kind of tweaked his knee, injured, throws him out there for a playoff game. You don't put your franchise quarterback in jeopardy like that. But at the same time, I, I think the Browns picked him up as kind of a a holdover to their next franchise quarterback. Really? I mean, if RG3 pans out, and wonderful. But I think Hugh Jackson's still looking for that. You should always be. I mean, it, never forget Drew Brees. The, the example I think of the most is when Drew Brees was excelling for the Chargers. They weren't 100% sure that this undersized, yeah. not the strongest arm in the he, world. He got hurt, too. He got hurt, too. Um, so they drafted Phillip Rivers early in the first round. Obviously, they decided to go with Rivers. You'll always be happy if, if Robert Griffin III pans out for the Browns. I oh, think yeah. there's a chance he will. Yeah, absolutely. They've got talent on that team. He, he has some talented weapons. Not the best it's, offensive line? They lost a lot on the offensive line. They lost their center. Yeah, Pro Bowl center. That's not good. Mitchell Schwartz, I think, is a right guard or tackle. But that's not the name of their center, wasn't it, Mack? Alex Mack, yeah. He's with the Falcons now. Okay. Um, but still, they have their first-round pick, Corey Coleman, Josh Gordon will be back after four games, Gary Barnage, he had about 10 touchdown catches last year. Who's Duke, the quarterback last year? Uh, McNown played for a little while. Okay. But Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell. So they, Terrell Pryor is actually. What is he? A wide receiver. He had a very good first preseason game. Really? They said he'll probably be starting opposite of uh, Coleman week one. Interesting. Didn't he start a few games in the, for quarterback for the oh, yeah. Raiders? Yep. Raiders, right? Yeah, he, he bounced around a couple teams as a backup. I think he played for your Bengals for a little bit. Did he not? I think he may have been on the roster. But uh, So they have, like, they have weapons like that, but then there's areas, the defense or offensive line, where you can see them still struggling. But I do like the addition of Hugh Jackson. Like you said, continuity. I feel like the coaches in the past really haven't been a true head coach. They've all just been coordinators okay. that have gotten a better job. I think Hugh Jackson is a head coach. Okay. He certainly has the reputation across the league to continually get jobs. You see some coaches get jobs with their, specifically the Raiders. And then, I mean, where's Tom Cable at today? 
Yeah. Kiffin, where's he at? So many coaches. I guess there's Shanahan got a job with the Raiders. That was 30 years ago. And But a lot of times coaches get their shot and they fail and then they, they fade off into obscurity. But that doesn't seem the case for Hugh Jackson. Oh. He, he always comes back and he, he had a second run with Marvin. He obviously has a relationship with Marvin Lewis and the Bengals yeah, franchise. he was very successful there. So maybe your, your Browns, I mean, Indians aren't doing too bad. We haven't spoke about baseball at all today. We have not. Anything intriguing? I think with the Olympics and the start of the NFL, I feel like they've been kind of put in on the back back burner mm-hmm. until the playoffs start. When the when the playoffs started, we did. I guess we did talk about Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, he's done. I shouldn't say that. There's actually sounds he did yeah. not he did not rule out the the chance that he, and he could. I've heard speculation that maybe he'll go stay in the AL East, go to the Orioles. Yeah, and there's talks of him wanting to play in Florida, yeah. where he lives. But who's he going to play for, the Marlins? You, you can't play for an NL team. That's what I was going to say. You need to be a DH. And there's only a certain number of, of AL teams that need a DH. And he's four homers away from 700. Mm-hmm. Is that even celebrated that much anymore? Not for him. Nobody cares about anything that A-Rod does. I mean, I, I saw the clip of him on his last game, and he was partially being booed. Oh, really? I thought he got a... I, thought he, I saw some ovation, but I mean, he was... A lot of people don't like... I know that that's Yankees fans for you, where they famously <laughs> booed Santa Claus one year. But A-Rod, it would be an interesting when we look back years from now to, to say Barry Bonds, A-Rod, how, how do we view them in a historical perspective? They certainly deserve to be in the conversation. We're going to head to a break. We're talking Olympics, NFL preview. We haven't got to any college football. We are open to your feedback and your suggestions. Um, Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're on the air every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Be sure to stay tuned. Steve and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Come on! Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Final segment of the show this morning. Got plenty of things to talk about despite being an off-season for the local sports scene. Fortunately for us, we talk about all things in the world of sports. We got the Summer Olympics. 
previewing the NFL season. We're going to devote an entire show coming up here soon to previewing college football. Events that we have today, we have the 100 meter and, and basketball that are intriguing to me. We have Usain Bolt, you said Simone Biles will be on display um, in her greatness this afternoon. So tune in to the Olympics today and, and you'll get to see some exciting stuff. Um, through the show recently, one of the things that we've been talking about is building up our, our what's called the Balance Hall of Fame. Something that's very dear to my heart is the balance that professional athletes strike before, between their personal life and their performance on the field or in their arena. The only two people that we have thus far who are in what we consider to be the Balance Hall of Fame are who? Derek Jeter and Rob Gronkowski. Is that right, Steve? Yes, it is. Yeah. And I think it's very important we don't get carried away. I don't even think we should nominate anyone for it today. But over the past week... I've been given some thought to who else should be in the Balance Hall of Fame. And I saw, I saw a, a, a little bit of a game where old man, old fat man, 5'11", 290-pound Bartolo Colon, he's 43 years old. Big Sexy, I think they call him. They call him Big Sexy. Pitching for the New York Mets at the age of 43 years old. I'm not exaggerating. Ten years ago in 2006... I specifically remember this guy's washed up. Ten years ago, he was a fat guy who seemed like he, he was 33 years old. His career is probably over. So I started doing a little research, Steve. Does this guy deserve? I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Obviously, he, he, he's got something going on that other people don't. How often does that happen in this post-steroid era? Well, every- he, he did have... Oh, he was busted. Yeah. Well, who wasn't? Yeah, true. But but how does that work? Everybody's so into fitness and to proper dieting, and um, he's five foot eleven. How does this relate to? Well, the I just thought that he looked pretty cool out there, <laughs> and I'm so impressed by this guy. Just the fact that he's fat and he's excelling at the age of forty three. Yeah. Nolan Ryan, Roger Clemens, they're great. And they excel deep into their, I think, 45. Yeah. So how did it... But, but, but I think that they were performance enhancing. I mean, if we're being honest, they were using steroids. I don't think Bartolo Colon is. Now, I don't know that he deserves consideration for the Balance Hall of Fame. And actually, upon, you, upon looking a little bit farther into him... He I, doesn't. He does not deserve to be in the Balance Hall of Fame. What did he do? I, I was doing a little bit of research. You know, I'm stay up at all hours of the night doing research for the Balance Hall of Fame and yep. Weekend Sports Buzz, actually uncovered a very intriguing story about Bartolo Colon. He's been married for 19 years. <laughs> he's heavy. He's a pitcher. He's successful. He's won a lot of games in the major leagues. He's been sent down. He's been sent up. And at the age of 43, he's a starter for the, the Mets. He's 10-6 and six this year. He's doing really good. Yeah. He's been married for 19 years. And he also, outside of his marriage, leads a secret double life. You see the article. You have it. Tell our listeners, Steve, (laughs) what kind of a double life does Big Sexy lead? I didn't read too much into it. I think the 
the other female that he started a family with. Not just a, a one-off, you know, a kid. Yeah. You know, a lot of athletes have a, a marriage and then they have a kid. He had another family. He has another family, hidden family. He, he does not deserve to be in the balance hall of fame. No, that's a, we're not saying that's a good thing. No. Just insane. What a wild lifestyle. I mean, he deserves his own reality show at the least. I think so. Big fat guy who's 43, 10-6 with a 3.3 ERA. How many more families does he have? Yeah, maybe he has more than one secret family. What's going on with this guy? What's, he, what's, what's his secret? Big Sexy's his nickname. I want my nickname to be Big Sexy. <laughs> How did he get that to stick? You earned that. How? Secret double life? The Mets have a good, they have Noah Syndergaard. They have some very talented pitchers. He's a starter for the New York Mets, and he's 10 and 6, and he's 43, and he's 290 pounds. Yeah. It's, it's just tough finding somebody to put in the Balance Hall of Fame. I don't, know, I don't know what he deserves. Bartolo Colon deserves some form of recognition. Balance Hall of Fame, other guys would be, it has to be of our era. You know, there's a lot of people that were good athletes and partied hard, but there's always that one little thing that keeps them out. You know, something that doesn't yeah. you portray want- good balance. I mean, you have Daryl Strawberry, you have Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was busted for sleeping with an underage yeah, prostitute. Yeah, see, you can't put them in. Tough to get behind that. John Daly, what do you think? <laughs> oh, my God. Where? What is the worst thing he's done? Because if it's recreational partying, then I'm all about it. Whenever we add somebody, first thing is, what's the worst thing yeah, he's done? Yeah, because we don't want to glorify yeah. Na- oh, yeah. anything really bad. But if it's simply recreationally partying. Yeah, but didn't he tap into a little alcoholism? Well, I mean. Is that too far? Yeah, but. I mean, obviously that's He's not, okay now. That's not ideal. You don't want that. But in 2004, he won the Buick Invitation. Yeah, he had so a big he, comeback. Yeah, He's, you know, he's had some degree of ups and downs. Smoking cigars while he's playing. Right? Oh, in his outfits? I like that. We'll look into that a little bit farther. But, but I wanted to bring that, because that caught my eye this past week, is Bartolo Colon. Who deserves all the talk in the world? Sports radio needs to give Bartolo Clone Big Sexy more attention. He's five eleven and he's two ninety and he's forty three and he's having a hell of a year for the Mets. Yeah, and he's leading a secret double life. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he deserves. He deserves some kind of something. I don't know, but he's doing really good it, it, this season. Which is amazing to me because ten years ago I thought he was washed up. Yeah. I didn't think you could be a starting pitcher in two thousand six and be fat in Excel. Ten years later, he's having one of the best seasons of his careers. Of his career, absolutely amazing to me. So the the the, the balance Hall of Fame is something we will continue with going forward. We're going to be very selective. We are open to nominations. Yes, we are. John Daly may be a candidate. We'll look into it a little farther. We have a vetting process. We're not just going to throw people into the ranks of Derek Jeter and Rob Gronkowski. And to be honest with you, Rob Gronkowski's book is yet to be written entirely. Yeah. He could be taken out, and it may just be Jeter. So if you're an anti-Yankees guy and you don't, you know, maybe you don't feel too good about Jeter, call us, tell us. 
do you think Jeter, we're getting carried away with sucking up to Jeter? The reason Jeter is the poster child in my eyes is you never hear about him really doing anything too bad, but he's not, uh, you know, he's not boring. Yeah, and he just happens to be a great shortstop as well. Yeah, Hall of Fame shortstop, won five or six World Series. His off-the-field partying never interfered with his on-the-field play. So that embodies what we're about here. Yes, it does. Yeah. John Daly's off-the-field partying probably did. Yeah, you could say it did. Jeter never got fat like Bartolo Colon. I don't think he could have done that. Prince Fielder retired. Speaking of getting fat as a baseball player... Prince Fielder retired this yeah. past week. Didn't he have an injury? He did. He said that doctors told him to. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say if he wasn't fat, he wouldn't have had to retire. Yeah, Mark, Mark Teixeira <laughs> retiring at the end Mark of the year, Mark Teixeira retiring. He's doing horror. The Yankees, as Truth mentioned earlier, I like how we still have some undertones of baseball, regardless. You know, with it, it was probably like a... IU pitcher that the Yankees brought up through the minors. Well, well truth like that. is that truth is a baseball fan. <laughs> or I'm sorry, is a Yankees. I'm, just, fan. I'm yeah. just messing with them. Yeah, no, that's all right. But I mean, he truth does like the, the Yankees, and they are having a uh, <clears throat> look. We have a nomination. <laughs> Gary Lockard of fourteen fifty says he'd like to nominate Jim Harbaugh for keeping up his relationship with football, family. In khakis. <laughs> okay. He does some he's he's going over the top, isn't he? Who? Jim, Jim Harbaugh. A, a rap video. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, why why would he not be in consideration though? He's doing pretty good. Maybe he needs to win a title. He's yet to win a title at any level. Yeah, I need some Rob Gronkowski has what? How many how many Super Bowls has Gronk won? I need a couple One? photos of Harbaugh in a club, on a yacht, <laughs> champagne. I mean, if you want to go, he's in the media a lot and successful on the field, obviously. Oh, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a good nomination by Locke, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, good nomination. We'll have to... You know, we have a we'll, we'll vetting take, process we have, we have to go process. through. Yeah, we've got a committee. <clears throat> it's a whole checklist. Yeah. You have to win a title, though. You, that's a requirement? I would say it's a prerequisite. I, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, we're, I we're, want champions in my call. We have a lot of talking to do after the show. I want champions. Gronkowski's won one. He may win more. Jeter's won six. That, that's pretty cool. I don't Daryl know. Strawberry. Yeah, I think he went over the top. <laughs> You think so? Yeah. He probably has some awful things, you know, if he really dug into it. I want to read Daryl Strawberry's book. Five-time World Series champion is Derek Jeter. Michael Phelps, two DUIs. Yeah. Uh, The nomination last week by Mo. I mean, do you think the two DUIs? That's not good. Are the two DUIs, do those exclude you? Yes, they do. Really? Yep. Okay. It's turning into a very strict club. Okay. I, we do, you don't want to get behind drunk driving. The thing about Jeter is he always had a driver. Yeah. And why wouldn't you when you're making that much money? Yeah, one of the reasons he's the poster child. Yeah, don't have a, a an extra Lamborghini. Instead, just have somebody who's hired at 
yeah, seventy thousand a year to just drive you around every day, everywhere you go. That's got to be the the best job in the world, or one of them, doesn't it? I would do that. I think. I mean, I'd be open to if I didn't have kids, and you know, I was open to moving around, traveling from city to city. Yeah, wouldn't be a bad job. We appreciate everybody tuning in to the weekend sports bus. Steve Driver, myself, Kelly Patrick, coming at you as we do every Sunday from nine to eleven. Talking all things in the world of sports. Big Olympic events today. There's always Olympics on right now. But the big ones that that I'm intrigued by, 100 meter and the basketball and also the gymnastics. So watch uh, Simone Biles. Yep. uh, Absolutely. Usain Bolt. Obviously, Coach K and the uh, Carmelo Anthony-led Team USA compete today. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Have a great rest of your weekend. Be sure to tune in next Sunday. Mama and a devil man.